Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another rocking episode of the Wellness Coaching Conversation. This is Brian Douglas. I'm here with my fantastic co-host, Lori Legault. And not just that, because of just the, the scintillating content that we had last time with this guest, Mark Douglas is back for round two. And this time we're going we're gonna to dive deep uh, into AI. I don't know how that's going to go, but I can't wait to find out. Yeah, definitely. It's just everywhere right now, right? AI is like, I just saw my my whole, I don't know, email is full of AI is like in every thing. It's like He's learning about you. AI. How can you, how can you, you know, put AI into this, that, and this and that and health. And uh, I saw a Coursera course about AI and an Apple course about AI. It's like all these things are just, it's, it's, moving quickly, right? Like it kind of feels like the beginning of the internet, like, Oh, here it is. And here's what you all need to know, because it is, it is a big presence. Now it's not just a thought anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I couldn't have said that better if I tried Lori. And, and I think, you know, we, we, we kind of wanted to have a little bit of structure to this episode because AI is is such a a big term, right? I mean, there's so much to it. And I think before we even get into that, Mark and I thought it might really be a good good idea to demystify it a little bit. You know, just okay. like we we took that approach when we were talking about startups, taking this a similar approach and talking about what is AI? What does it mean? Um, and then some of the key terms within that topic, like you know, machine learning and generative AI and the singularity and stuff like that. So I think it it maybe would help to start there, and then we can kind of, you know, talk a little bit about what what's going on in general in the world with AI, and then really dive into healthcare and more specifically coaching. So I I'd love to hear your take, Mark, on kind of like what you see, what do you see at AI is, you know, what, what's, what's it's, you know, maybe not it's existential meaning, but what is, um, what is the purpose of AI and, and what does it do? Yeah, well, that's, that's a big question. And that's probably way above my pay grade, as they say, but I'll take a stab at it. I mean, look, AI is a tool. It's like anything else that, um, you know, that gets created, you know, in the software world that I, I work in, you know, it's really, it's all, it's about taking bits of data, manipulating the data and giving an output to an end user for some specific use in its most simple term. Right. And I think the thing that's unique about AI, unlike other software, if we want to talk about it in terms of software, there are others that would I'm sure argue say, well, it's not exactly that. But if you were to take, you know, creating an algorithm, right, to say, hey, I want to ask a question and get an answer back. So think of it like call and response. Like, so we have this big data set, like you're on Amazon and you want to buy something and it's like, hey, and you put in a search term, that's your call. Then your response you're getting back is, oh, you want this, this album, but maybe you want this other one or you want to buy this switch plate. Here's 10 others to think about. So it's it's really, I call it like this kind of, mass amplification, we could talk about whether it's good or bad, <laughs> of what you can do with data manipulation. And so I think the thing that's 
both promising and troubling with AI for those of us that are kind of stepping back and going like, wait a minute, is this good or bad? Did you ask what is AI? The, the, on the good side is like, you know what? We have this ability now to take these traditionally huge sets of data and make sense of them in a very much more precise, much more accurate and, and sometimes the term that's used in my world is actionable. And what does that mean? It just means like, hey, I could vomit back lots of, I always say I could give you back phone books and phone books worth of data. But if you're like, well, I only needed to see one name in the phone book. I didn't need to see the whole phone book. That's where we are with AI. It's like, we're really able to take things with much more precision and accuracy. So when we think about AI, it's like, well, any part of your life that you're interacting, say with a chat bot or you know, online, anything that's, you know, operating behind the scenes is trying to give you a more precise, accurate piece of information that you're requesting because you're asking a question. You're Googling it. Got it. That's wow. That's a lot. You know, I, I feel like number one, that helps conceptualize the intelligence part of the artificial intelligence term in that we kind of understand a little bit more about what it does. You know, it, it, it's, it's like Fido, go, go get this only it's, it's, you know, infinitely more complex. Um, so that all sounds great. I mean, that, that to me sounds like, you know, that's, that could be as good, better than sliced bread in, in the data world. So what's the downside, you know, what, what's, what's the big fuss about, about, you know, being able to more easily find information and, and find the right information. Well, you know, kind of going back to your demystification, I mean, I think if we talk a little bit about um, to answer that question, and there's different types of applications of AI, like they talk about generative AI, which is like chat GPT. There are things like neural networks and machine learning, and they're all basically subdivisions, variations or subfields under AI. And so to get to the, to answer your question on what's the downside, the, you know, just to kind of a little bit more on the upside is again, there's these different applications because basically in a very simplistic way, the way I view the, view it, and I've had some people much smarter than me kind of say, it, it's like, well, it's garbage in, garbage out, right? So at this stage of AI where we are and we're developing different algorithms, which are basically teaching a computer a way to think, right? That's all you're doing. You're mm -hmm. saying, I'm going to give you some input. I need you to do some identification and analysis, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to manipulate that to get an output that I want, right? The difference with AI, though, is that AI is now saying, you know what, I'm going to do the manipulation and I'm going to start generating outputs, individual, maybe from your, you might give me a query, but I'm going to make my own decisions mm -hmm. about what I think you need to see and want to see. And that's that's kind of the leap, which is like, oh, we're kind of giving permission now to the computer, the algorithm, the AI, to kind of use its own logic that we're building into this to do this. So then if you go really far down the rabbit hole with what the downside is, you're now at a place where you're giving a, a, you know, a third party separate entity now, you've trained it, if you will, and now it's saying, oh, I'm gonna make my own decisions about things. And if you really want to go crazy, like, you know, I'll go like Blade Runner replicant, you have other entities, you know, acting on their own behalf with their own free will, if you will, their own uh, goals. 
and their own objectives that may be different from really what you want it to be. And they're, and they're mobile. <laughs> so they could be out, yeah. you know, or they're, they're alive within the, 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 you know, the interverse. Um, so I, I think, you know, quickly just to wrap it up on, on that particular topic, I mean, the downside is, is you'll have a separate entity operating independent of any kind of human oversight doing its own thing. And it's like, well, what nefarious things could happen? Or you mm -hmm. could have a bad actor, like say, a, you know, a, a Russian leader that decides to invade a country and just says, you know what, I'm going to program certain algorithms to do certain things and I'm just going to unleash them and whatever happens, happens. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't want to go too gotcha. negative, too bad. But no, 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 that. What do you think, Lori? What what is what is everything well, you said? It, I think that the what I see as being an issue is in our current world of being able to be in touch with anybody and everybody at any given time. The interesting thing about how we are still more lonely than ever as mm, humans. Well, and then you throw in the um AI and people think that they're talking to a human when they're not, and yeah. think that they're being communicative with someone they're not. And I actually have an example of this just happening to me where my company provides free coaching and I, through it, through a, you know, third party, they provide free coaching, but it was, um, text coaching mm -hmm. and that's not something I ever wanted to do, but I was experimenting with it. Cause I thought, well, I'm a coach. So I want to see what that feels like. And I thought I was communicating with somebody else. And I don't know if it was you, Brian, or who it was that told me you're not communicating mm -hmm. with a human. It's actually uh, AI. And I was like, really? It really did seem like real, but I didn't like it because I wanted to at least see their face on a computer screen mm -hmm. rather than just texting. I don't really like texting that much anyways, right? Because I'm an older person who doesn't <laughs> didn't grow up with this, um, didn't grow up with all this uh, texting and interaction that we do now. I mean, certainly I do it all, but I didn't really want to, you know, do text coaching a uh, long term. And I thought, wow, that's so weird that people are assuming that they are talking to a human and they're not. And if it was just something like they, a question and answer session where it's just, you know, maybe, uh, I'm not feeling good and you, and they go, okay, what do you, um, What's your temperature right now? What are your symptoms? And they can diagnose you. I feel like that's almost a little bit better than feeling like you're in a full-on emotional conversation with someone and you're not, you're talking mm. to an AI. That's crazy, you know? And I've been hearing and reading a lot about this lately. And that's where I feel like the intersection of what we do as coaches mm -hmm. gets tricky. And, you know, how do we want to... Um, how do we want to deal with this issue? So yeah, that's and my two that, cents. <laughs> that, yeah. I think that's a great point because, you know, kind of just bringing it back to like, well, this reality of where we are, like you said, AI is everywhere. It does feel like the internet, Lori, like you were saying is starting over and depending who you talk to, some folks feel like it is the, you know, there are folks that believe it's as bad as the creation of, you know, nuclear, the nuclear bomb to people saying it's like, like inventing the wheel that's, you know, there's people that really, it is that disruptive or transformative. And there are people on equal both sides too, that feel like this could be the thing that could save us in a sense. I don't mean, you know, be, be a, a, a technology that's really going to help bring, you know, equality to the world and level set things in a way. 
And then there's the opposite. They're like, well, you know, it's it's like, you know, I'll be Bach, you know, the trans Terminator type stuff. But in the context of healthcare, there is a, a definitely a debate. I mean, I had a conversation with a physician just this week who is a nationally recognized gerontologist. And long story short, she has a company. I've been working with them and they have really big, interesting data. And I said, well, you know, you guys could, you know, it was kind of weird, little tongue in cheek. I said, well, you guys should, you know, get some AI involved. And she said, oh, we're not doing an AI. You know, like healthcare is all about, she's very like, even though she's, you know, I don't know, she's probably been a physician for probably 15 to 20 years, but she's adamant about the human touch. And I agree. I'm, I'm a former clinician. I agree. I, I sit somewhere maybe a little bit in the middle because I can see where that data though. So like if you're a health coach, for example, and that interaction, you said, you said, you know, the texting stuff doesn't work, but if you're a health coach and you're interacting with someone, if you could have some pieces of information that could help tailor and, and really personalize what you're doing or give you some insights, that could be super helpful for what you're trying to accomplish and your goal setting and all the things you're trying to do to support your client, customer, person you're working with. So I think, you know, it's like, it, it really comes down a lot to the application, but yeah, as far as a replacement, uh, that is scary stuff to just think like, okay, you know, and Brian and I, we've talked about this a little bit in the past. Like, is there this inevitability on technology that is a little scary? I see so much value in the basic things of healthcare. Like I said, I, I called to make an appointment for something yesterday with my doctor that is so basic. I feel like we shouldn't even need to make a doctor's appointment for and they said, oh, well, you haven't been in for a couple of years, so we needed to see you. And I was like, the time it takes to go to the doctor for something so simple and basic, and I really feel like I know what I need, is I feel like those kinds of things could be replaced with AI a little bit, you know, um, where you literally just plug in, here's my symptoms, here's what I've got going on. And it goes, yep, because that's what's going to pretty much happen when I go to the doctor anyway. Now, obviously, there's so much to it. But if you are, they're looking at um, my current numbers as far as all my, you know, uh, blood pressure, heart rate, height, weight, all of that basic stuff plugged in with like what I'm complaining about. And I know it's something very, very small. I feel like that can free up the doctor's time to deal with more severe issues and my time as well. You know, I know that there's companies right now that will do virtual visits and they'll also come to your house. Even there's some companies that will come to your house and like a nurse practitioner or somebody to your house or a nurse. So that's already happening to that extent. That's where I see AI being so helpful as well, because it can so quickly do some of that stuff that is unnecessary to take up time now. Um, and where that goes in with some of the more complex things that happen in healthcare, you know, it's, uh, I'm sure it's really scary for a lot of people because they feel like they're going to lose their jobs too. Mm -hmm. So that's the other potential downside, right? Is people feeling like they're losing jobs to AI. So it's a tricky, yeah. tricky subject for sure. Yeah. That's a good point, Lori. And, and you know, it you, you touched on a lot. I think number one, when you're articulating certain tasks where there's a, there's like a decision tree or a decision matrix involved in it, and it's pretty cut and dried. I think, you know, AI is already a master of that kind of stuff, you know, and I think you're, you're mm -hmm. going to see, there are going to be some seismic shifts in industries, at least in jobs like that jobs that can be, 
you know, pretty easily replicated by AI. And even if the human is not completely taken out of it, you may have one human doing the work of 10 jobs, whereas, you know, it used to be one human for one job. You know, I think we've talked about like the legal profession is one where, you know, diving into like research, AI has this incredible ability to go through so much more information so much more quickly than a human that, okay, you know, legal clerks and 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 lawyers just out of school probably got to worry because there is going to be um, a transformation there. And, you know, speaking about healthcare, I, I read an article recently where doctors are excited because things like scribing and things like billing, AI is going to really be able to accelerate and make that process much more efficient and, and, and accurate. So that's exciting. When we talk about health coaching, I can tell you from personal experience with regards to the text-based coaching that that's already a thing. You know, and and I've heard people joke that text-based coaching is kind of like coaching light, and I think that there is a certain amount of validity to that perspective, although I I know having worked on the inside of an organization where we did text-based coaching, there was still a way to create that human connection. You know, and and nothing made made a, a client happier than when they realized you weren't a bot, and that you really were a coach. Um, unfortunately, though, when we start thinking economically, um, once the investment is made in AI and it starts doing its thing, there's no health insurance required. There's no salary required. There are no benefits required. You know, and multiply that over how many coaches that you have to employ at scale, and you can see why, at least on a text-based level, if we're dealing with something, I think, pretty fundamental or basic and is within a curriculum, I can see AI doing that job. Whether it's going to do it good or not, I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, I do it well. I think it'll do it. It will get better because one thing we didn't dig into that I've been doing some research on is how AI gets smarter. And, you know, Mark, you mentioned machine learning. And so here's the deal. AI by itself is just like you said, an algorithm. It's a computer program. It's it's fetch it, Freddie. Okay, Freddie, this is this. These are your parameters. This is what you're looking for. Here's the the data set that you're going to search within. Go get it. Well, if that's all AI was, it would be a very easily managed tool. But a couple of things happened that turned it loose and the genie's out of the bottle. One, it has access to the open internet. So it's it's field of resources is limitless. And another is that you have now with machine learning, you have AI teaching AI. So the way AI works from my understanding is you you tell it, you program it to do this job and it gives you back these results. And then a human coaches it and says, okay, your results are 70% right, but here are some corrections. And so a human might be able to do that a couple hundred times in a day. But then when you put an AI that's trained to do that in the mix, it can do it two, three, four million times a day. And so you start thinking about those evolutionary cycles of intellectual growth and holy crap, the 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 orders of magnitude of of intelligence that AI is going to grow because of that, it's off the chain. Well, and the talk about talk yeah. about singularity, Brian. Go ahead. Uh, so singularity, my understanding is that's that's the point where AI is 
is at at the same level as humanity. Is that how you understand it in terms of of um from a sense of intellectual, the intellectual capabilities, or is there more of a consciousness component? Because I'd like to hear your perspective. I think it's, well, I think, you know, the conscious, no, I think you're spot on. I think, you know, the singularity uh, discussion is really where AI has accomplished the level of complexity of thought and cognition that it would allow it to operate independently in a full, let's just call it uh, machine awareness state where it has full cognition and understands its own uh, existence. (laughs) And some people say that that time to singularity is less than some say five years, some say 10 years, some say 20, you know, recently. So Jeffrey Hinton, he's the Dr. Hinton. He is uh, regarded as the godfather of AI. And, and really his research was really the kind of the, the Genesis for what we know now. And his whole, reason for doing what he he did was to understand how the brain works so that's why when you hear the Mm. term neural networks it's exactly that and two things he said recently and and brian you're spot on was he really said the reason that there is going to be a state is like you have these neural networks teaching each other yeah and then he had a statement i just i i read not that long ago which is scary is he was presenting not that long ago maybe even been in the last couple weeks at a conference where he was doing an analysis I'm probably going to get some of it wrong. So those of you that know this, I apologize. But basically, he was studying how these neural networks were analyzing such big sets of data. Remember, this guy's been doing this his whole life. And he said, I don't know how they did it. (laughs) So here's the guy that basically started AI saying, he's like, I can't understand how based on you know the whole cognition and the whole patterns that they were it's like i don't know how it was able to make the distinctions that it made independently he's mm-hmm. like so that's a little scary you know yeah. there, that's like when you hear stuff like that you kind of go like well, wait a minute because i think the thing you know we could sit here and talk about uh lots of i mean this will be a conversation that could go on forever but i think you know i'm I, i'm kind of i'll dial it back in the sense that like instead of going to sci-fi, which it's easy to do, it's like, well, there is, I think, some cogent arguments for saying, well, you know what, we need some guardrails on this. Mm. And we need, because, you know, the the complexity of what we're involved in is ironically somewhat maybe beyond our comprehension of where all these applications may go. So as Lori was right. talking about, I agree with Lori. I think, I mean, you know, like in its most basic form, let's call it that, like helping with the doctor's appointment or chat bots or things that we're engaging. I mean, frankly, AI is all over the place, right? I mean, it's actually right now, you know, simply say, well, AI will be, no, AI is here. It's not like a chihuahua <laughs> nipping at heels. It's like, you know, it's a, it's yeah. like the grizzly, grizzly bear. Yeah, Lori, go ahead. No, I just, I'm, I'm like, yeah, it is here. And I, yeah, I'm a big podcast listener and I was, I've listened to tons of podcasts in the last few months about AI and it's like talking about it as if it's a choice yeah. And then it's really seems to me like there's just in the last, I feel like month, it's like, it is entirely 100% in your life and you don't even realize it. And so rather than saying like, Oh, I don't know about this. It's like, no, no embrace that it's here and know that like, you know, you see it on your, I mean, I know it's algorithms, but still when you're on your phone, it's always creepy, you know, how you get like you're talking to somebody about something and then like in a minute later you open your phone and there's an ad and you're like, did I type something in or did I just say, did it hear me? It's you know, it's like I think it hears me. It's yeah. Always listening. And it's so <laughs> weird. And um 
And so it's not, it's not like when it happens, it's like, okay, it's here, it's happening. So how do we want to deal with it and, um, accept what the benefits are and yes, guardrails are going to be huge. And I'm really interested to see what, what happens with that because, um, I'm, I mean, some of the things I worry about, I'm not a big worrier in general, but some of the things I worry about are, um, just being tricked. That's all. I think that it's like one thing when you know that you're talking or that you're working with AI and one thing when you don't know, and you think that yeah, you're tra actually transparency would be nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, but even going into the academic world, I mean, I'm sure that academia is really trying to, to figure out how they're going to, you know, what they're going to allow students to be utilizing and not, um, even with what you, the kind of coaching that you do, Brian, um, career coaching, I mean, um, creating your resume, you mm -hmm. know, you can work with AI. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just crazy how you can tell it what you're looking for. And it sounds pretty darn good. Most of the time, sometimes better than it would have if I did it myself, you know? So. Yeah. And I think we're, 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 it, it is. And, and you brought up an interesting point. That's why I, I kind of look at it as a lot of times with our technology and really, I'll, you know, with Steve jobs and, you know, no one can see it, but you know, all of our smartphones or even wearables, I think we've unfortunately created an inevitability. I kind of mentioned it earlier around technology, like, well, that's just the way it's going to be. And I do think there, and I think, you know, and look, I'll give credit to folks like Sam Altman, who created OpenAI and Elon Musk and others who have said, no, wait a minute, this is a choice that we can make. And, and, and we do need to step back and ask ourselves, you know, this can be a force for good. Obviously, everyone's worried about the force for bad that it mm. could be as well. So I'm hoping that all of us collectively, and I think that's something that we need, you know, although... God help us. And you listen to what was happening in the U.S. Senate when they were trying to do like a, have a session on AI and doing education. But my point is that I think there are I think there is a, a, a consciousness being raised that, OK, wait a minute. This doesn't have to be inevitable that we go down the rabbit hole and just accept it as this is how it's going to be without really understanding the implications. And, you know, like in healthcare, like their AI has been used a lot. I mean, you know, right now there are, I was looking, there's over five, I couldn't believe this actually. There are already, the FDA has approved over 500 algorithms that are AI for different applications. A lot of it is around radiologic um, applications. So, Think of like AI uh, algorithms be used to scan like MRI, CT scans, x-rays, which is great. I mean, right there is a perfect example of how that will improve outcomes, catch cancers earlier, help people. So I think, you know, as much as I know there's a, there is a, the doom and gloomers out there and it's easy to get sucked into that, I do, I am trying to keep looking positive at the things that are happening and, and you, and, you know, just even in healthcare, I won't go on too long about it, I'll be quick here, but just on the back end, and Brian, you mentioned this, like the billing and the payment and all the data that's there's a, a, coming from working in a payer for for quite a while. There's a lot of data there, so that's going to actually improve efficiency, hopefully decrease cost. Which you know, healthcare is a four trillion dollar a year industry. So if we think about you know the opportunities to just even if, over the next three to five years, AI is going to have a, a, I think, a very positive impact on on helping people and also decreasing costs of healthcare which is a big issue. <laughs> yeah. 
I like I like what you said too because it 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 makes me think about for health coaches specifically. You know, if if you're a health coach and you have a certain amount of information about your about your client that may, you know, describe their their height, their weight, their blood pressure, you know, their, their resting heart rate, maybe even like uh heart rate variability. And, you know, you get into some of these other things like, uh, you know, blood sugar and, and all of that. I think that what AI has the potential to do is to amplify the coach's ability to help the, the client discern beneficial directions, you know, in that, okay, we're taught as coaches, okay, if if they display these certain things, these are the risks, right? But the bigger the data set, the more nuanced the ability is is going to be there to really say, ah, it's not just this risk in general, but it's something much more specific. Or this person with this particular profile, we've determined in this massive data set, actually has this thing going on or that thing going on, or they need to look in this direction because of something that we didn't know before. So I I do feel like AI has the potential to help clients be even more aware of both their current wellness state and both the positive and the negative potentialities for the future based on where they are. And then, you know, you can kind of like start that conversation going about, about determining, you know, where they need to go, what they want to do, what goals they want to set, all that kind of stuff. So that's interesting to me. And I feel like that that could be a possible a possible use because the bottom line, as you as you both have, have said, is it's here. AI is here. I, I've already I've already got the t-shirt from that deal. You know, it's like I saw a whole coaching organization basically become evaporated in, in the course of a year or so, thousands of people. And and it's in large part because of that AI machine learning, all that stuff, right? That's just how it goes. But that's because, again, it's text-based, really specific, curriculum-based, all that. So it still leaves the rest of the coaching world wide open for humans and AI to figure out how to coexist. And that's what interests me. Yeah, I mean, I you know, just to pick up on that thought, I mean as a former healthcare provider, and you know, it's like anything else, you just wonder how the pendulum is going to swing, right? And, and I think, you know, we have an older and an aging population, not that they don't use technology or won't use technology. But I, I just, I mean, I'll go back to what this physician and I were discussing, which was really this need for still high touch. I mean, look, the, when you're engaging human to human, it is a very spiritual, metaphysical, you know, there's a whole bunch of things happening in our brains and our neurochemistry as we've evolved over years that I'm, I mean, I'm sure I'll see some things that are amazing in my lifetime, I hope knock on wood, but I'll still say, hey, I cannot reproduce that. Yeah. And there's a healing that comes from that. There's a, you know, and, and a trust that comes from that. And uh, I I have in the work that I do now, I mean, yeah, I can definitely like, you know, I'm in remote health monitoring and we can get biometric data and I've got behavior data. You know, someone's, and we can you, know, you hear the term precision medicine and that's great. And we can help cl- clinical decision making. We can make it more timely, more accurate. And those are all good. But at the end of the day, there's still as a clinician or a health coach or a team of people that are supporting someone in their health and guiding them. So I, I, 
I hope that AI is viewed more as a tool that supports versus the thing that does all things. And I'm sure there's going to be, you know, that's the evolution, but um, we'll see. <laughs> but, and there's going to be a point where AI might not want to be used as a tool anymore. Well, an AI might we'll just say, say yeah, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll do a podcast two years from now. Maybe, maybe we're in the future in the past and AI is like, yeah. oh, we'll let you guys think that you're doing a podcast on it. And now we're, we're laughing at you. So. No, right. No. You know, what, what came to mind for me as well, it, it, when it, in regards to health coaching is um, I do a lot of resource uh, management with health coaching. So because I coach medical school students and we do, you know, we talk about all kinds of topics for, from, um, from exam issues, confidence issues, uh, how to become more direct as you're learning to be a doctor, how to manage your time the best, like all these things. And when I get off of a coaching call, I very often will research some resources based on what that person's looking for. And that takes me quite a bit of time. Mm. So, I mean, just today I, you know, I've, I've emailed the few clients I worked with, I've emailed them resources and I'm looking on the internet and I'm typing in things, trying to decipher, put the good worthwhile resources from the ones that are not so good. I can see that being a really good tool for a health coach. So as you're coaching somebody, AI is listening and, you know, there's a bunch of resources that pop up and, and as I as it, as it listens to me and knows what kind of resources I prefer, those become mm. the top of the list for me. So I don't have to look so hard and dig so hard. So, uh, you know, that could be a cool tool as a health coach. Yeah, absolutely. So, huh, so much, right. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's funny. It, it makes me laugh because I was just starting college when the internet came out and I remember the professor I think they were just starting to use email, but I didn't know how to use it. I didn't understand it. I don't think I even used it pretty much all four years. I don't think I really used it that much until I really started working. Um, and I was working in a really large company where people used to have to walk to each other's office to deliver mail or to deliver a memo. And right when I started working was right when they started emailing each other all mm. stuff rather than having to walk it around, which is good and bad as a, as a <laughs> wellness person, I was like, well, now they're not getting their exercise, you know, <laughs> but, uh, then they were much more time efficient because of it. And I feel like that's where we're at right now with AI. We're like, how do I use it? When do I use it? When's the appropriate time? And when's not the appropriate time? It is, it is interesting. And both of you have mentioned the disparity in experience between those that grew up as digital natives and those who grew up without the internet, you know, and there, there's kind of that line between uh, Generation X and the millennial generation where that transition occurred. You know, I mean, when I was in college, we we did our papers on a word processor and that was it. You know, there was no talk of the internet. There was, you know, no email, none of that. And so we've had to learn technology as adults. Whereas now the the generations younger than us have intuited technology from birth almost. Well, yeah. And and so I I think that 
Mark, you said this there, we've got an aging population, you know, the, the original largest generation ever, um, is at retirement age, you know, the boomers are retiring yeah. and there are, 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 there are certainly a lot of boomers who have, have gained experience with technology, but there are also a lot, I know, because I, I, know people here in my neighborhood and in my family who don't want to know about it. They don't want to be engaged or involved with technology. And so, you know, what, what impact could this have on them? And, and, you know, is it going to be to their detriment that their voices aren't in the conversation, you know, cause yeah, it, I, I, I think that's, I think that's, you're raising like, there's so many practical questions up to policy questions. And I think this is a big one. And it's kind of been an ongoing one really since we, you know, probably smartphones to me. I mean, I would just go back. I mean, yeah, you know, desktop computing, right? I mean, that that was the game changer. And then ultimately putting a computer in your hand, basically, right, with a smartphone. And it is interesting because I've actually done, I, I don't know that I've done like studies, but I've done a lot of programs and applications working across different populations, including, you know, folks that are older. And, and my, my thing is, is you're right. There are people that don't, they just don't care. They don't want to know. I think more often than not though, people, there is a natural curiosity that we all have. I mean, I'll take like my nine-year-old daughter. I mean, we limit the amount of time screen time she has, but, and she and my 16 year old son, they're like fish to water. It's crazy how digitally they're like able to jump in and go. Um, <laughs> So it is kind of, it's like almost kind of weird. Like, you know, there's part of me, it's like, you know, again, we're creating things out of our mind and, you know, there is some of this, uh, you know, I don't know, personification is not the right word, but but what we're creating are these things that are extensions of ourself in a sense, mm -hmm. right? Of how, how our brains work, even though we don't even fully comprehend how our brains work. But back to your question, yeah, I do think that that's, how, I think there's also, I think there's two really important questions. And I think if you're a health coach, or you're in healthcare, you need to be thinking about which is, is, is your patient customer's voice being heard and accurately represented? So there's a lot of talk. I think we mentioned this in the last episode on social determinants of health, healthcare equity. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of, of, I think, good conversation around bias in the data, right? Because yeah. it's like skewed towards, hey, you know, it's not representational across all, you know, socioeconomic, you know, everybody, right? Yeah. And so I think those are some bigger discussions that are happening as well as we look at AI applications to make sure like, well, if we're going to create tools that help people, it's got to help everybody. It can't skew to mm -hmm. one group or another group because it's the data is biased, right? So I think these are important questions. I don't have a, an answer for it other than to say, you know, what I would tell health coaches out there is, is like, if you, it is true, if you and I think this is why you guys are the experts in this. And it's great you're talking about is like you have to really learn and educate yourself and show your value and your worth. Like even in the nursing community, there's a lot of discussion like is AI going to displace us? Are we just are robo nurses going to be, you know, it's like all this, these things. And so really figuring out how and where to your point, Brian, earlier, like how, you know, if coexistence is the right word, I'm hoping that it's, you know, like we're more in control of the AI than the AI is in control of us. The AI goes on strike. We're not going to work. <laughs> uh, but, but I do think, you know, it, it definitely, there's some, like the questions are way bigger and way more complex with AI. There's just no yeah. question about it. So like anything we thought was like, oh, this will be a simple walk in the park. It's going to be like, you know, incorporating a smartphone or a tablet into our workflow. No, it, it's going to be bigger than that. So yeah. I think we also have to open our minds to the fact that, 
you know, we can't be too naive to it. Uh, I like Lori's approach too. like, but I'm not going to sit here and stew and worry about it every day. Cause that doesn't make sense either. No. <laughs> no, you're right. Good point. Good point. Well, I'm, I'm curious, Lori, if you've got any other questions for Mark or Mark, if you've got anything else to add, cause I feel like we've, we've kind of, we've covered a lot of ground and this might be a good place to, uh, to wrap our conversation up, but I'd love to give both of you an opportunity to, uh, to either ask or or say something that's on your mind. Yeah, I think it's a good, just a good conversation. And we are all about wellness coaching conversations. And so I think we we did have a good little um conversation about some different things to think about. And, you know, it's it's healthy to start to dissect that a little bit out loud and think about how this might affect um coaches and what the pros and cons are to all of it and how we want to allow it to be integrated. So, um, so I think this is a, probably for me, I'm, I don't have any other, anything else to add right now, other than just being, you know, very mindful of, Mm. of it and being able to make a choice. I was going to say that, um, I do think that the younger generations may not be as, put off by the lack of, um, I don't know. Like I think about my children and how I was, I, how I was really not into that, that, uh, texting coach, but I actually think that my kids probably wouldn't mind it as much. And although we certainly don't want to continue to make the gap bigger and bigger for our kids with, um, you know, the digital world and not realizing the importance of the humanness. And so it's just that like everything else, just a really fine balance. Um, that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> Said a lot. What about you? As Mark? usual. <laughs> no, I, I think Lori raises some interesting points and I, I, I will just say as a parent, I do have concerns about the, the way that technology is just kind of indoctrinated, even, I mean, that, I mean, my son today just said, this is, these are words that came out of mouth. He's like, my generation's screwed. I mean, I think there's like a sense of, you know, codependency now on technology for emotional gratification and, you know, instant gratification that I think AI sadly is going to perpetuate. And I think it's, I think, so there are a lot of, I know, you know, we're, as Laura, I agree, I think this is good to talk out loud about this and, you know, whether whatever your role in life is as a parent, as a coach, you know, thinking through some of these implications. And I think, you know, it could be one of many conversations I'm sure you all will have here in your podcast, et cetera. But I, I've had fun. I've enjoyed it. And it's always I always learn a lot from you both. And I'm just uh, it'll be exciting to see if, if folks get some responses to this, what their thinking is. And maybe there's some other questions out there that you all can address in the future or come back in three years and we can talk about where AI is and say, Oh, we were way off on this. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Right. That's, yeah. That's and awesome. I think too, where, when you were talking about this, Mark, and like what your son said too, I mean, I could understand why he feels that way. And, and yet I will say that when one door closes, another door opens. Right. And so while, while he might feel like, wow, this is really infiltrating our society. It also allows for a lot of uh, a lot of realizations about opportunities that can be created to take you away from 
the need to you. And so we have to continue to integrate opportunities for everybody to get away from it a little bit mm -hmm. and to not even, you know, to kind of reset themselves. And so I think that will be just more and more needed as, as we in integrate more AI into the world is being mm -hmm. really, really conscientious of how can I create opportunities where I'm not around it as much so I can really balance that out, you know? Yeah, that that's a great takeaway. I, I think that, you know, Mark talked about the the older folks, we need to remember their humanity. And then the younger ones, we need to reintroduce them or introduce them for the first time to their humanity. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that that's what I've gotten from this conversation more than anything else is the irreplaceable nature of our humanness. And that it is far more complex and nuanced than any current technological innovation and that 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 we have complete control over as individuals as parents and um members of communities and that's uh i think that's a good place to try to stay in as we navigate these uh these uncertain waters well said yep <laughs> boom all right awesome. well Hello. we'll look forward to the next coaching conversation next week Absolutely. So big thanks again, Mark. For, yeah. Thank for... you so much, Mark, for all your good information and insight. Both. Awesome. Well, y'all have a good one and we will see you the next time this masterpiece drops. <laughs>